Welcome to another edition of Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. My name is Gordon Glenister. Among my many roles, I'm the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association, which is a professional membership organization representing the branded content and influencer marketing industry. But I'm also a keynote speaker and consultant in the sector and soon to be published author of Influencer Marketing Strategy. In this podcast series, you're going to hear me interview all sorts of people from the world of influencer marketing. But before we start, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. In today's edition, I'm going to be talking to Haim Roy, who's the president of BCMA in Canada. I wanted to get a different perspective from other countries on what sort of trends are impacting influencer marketing and branded content. Now, Haim is a storyteller and a global creative strategist, omnichannel marketeer and branded content expert. She's also a speaker and panelist, and she co-hosts the BCMA's Canada's Candid Chats. She also actively advocates for diversity and inclusion. So I started by asking her a little bit about her personal story, and here's what she had to say. I like to call myself a global marketeer and strategist and branded content expert. So I have worked for the last 13 plus years across India, USA and Canada. And I have worked on everything from creative. So I have been a writer myself. I have worked on strategy. I've worked on client solutions. So custom client solutions. The reason I'm calling them custom client solutions and not just branded content, because it included a whole gamut of things. And I have worked on those for both radio and broadcast and video and digital And uh, I have worked on as a marketeer. So I've worked as a B2C and a B2B marketeer. Uh, My last role was B2B marketing for a company here in Canada, where I handled both USA and Canada for them and managed all of their marketing across these two markets. That's my history. In terms of, uh, for me, I love branded content. I think it has such potential, especially in the market here, And so much can be done with it. I love how it brings together creativity with purpose, with brand purpose. So when I say purpose, it's not just about social purpose, but also what does the brand want to do? What effectiveness mean, right? It it really brings together both of those in such a seamless way. And it gives consumers something that they want, which is entertainment, which is content, Because at the end of the day, a 30-second ad, as much as it has that launch effect and bombardment effect, it's not going to give you that connection with the consumer. It's not going to give you that deeper connection that you seek. So I love branded content because of that in any form. And I like to talk about it because a lot of times people think branded content is just a video series or something like that. But it means so much more. That umbrella term can have everything from this podcast, which is a BCMA branded content, for example, to an event, to something else that has been done, to influencer marketing, which we will be talking about. All of that is part of branded content that not everyone knows about. Everyone doesn't think it falls under that umbrella. So I talk to people and just generally chat about it. 
we've often talked about it being like a 420 billion dollar industry which is absolutely astronomical when you consider the size of that so what have been some of the um, nuances around the canadian market what sort of what sort of uh, brands have you noticed that have done uh, great influencer marketing and branded content campaigns what, what have been some of the standout ones for you you know, when I moved to Canada, it's been four years now. Uh, so I'm a relatively new immigrant who had the perspective of uh, seeing both markets, uh, seeing the Indian market, which was really saturated with branded content to the extent that every media house has an entire branded content team. To Canada, where it was really difficult to find a role that was branded content. So when I moved here and I would look, even media larger media houses did not have a branded content division. It was part of everyone's just normal role. It was a small slice of the pie. Uh, so if I'm a marketer, I will look at branded content, maybe you know 5% of the time as part of my regular duties. And that's about it. It was not a specialized division. I was surprised to find that, but I was also excited because that meant that there is so much potential to grow. And I was not wrong. In the last four years, this sort of fear has expanded loaded in Canada. And people are really, really more open to it. I have seen so many new campaigns come up in just the last three years. So many brands being more open to branded content and actually going ahead and seeking it, which really makes me happy. I, I'm very excited to see that because that just means the industry is growing. It's still smaller. It's still a small market in general because Canada is compared to, say, the USA or India, it is a small market. But it's really growing now, and it's really coming into its own. I think there have been a few factors that have led to it. Uh, one is immigration and diversity, and especially the younger audiences coming in. So the generational differences and the ethnic differences have really brought the need for branded content it is so multicultural. You have people from everywhere in the world. If you walk around, you will find food from anywhere in the world. And I love that about Toronto. Like You will find food from any country in this city. And you can experience that. You will have friends from across the world and you will experience their cultures. And it's just there. It's part of daily life. It's not something you you know, you emphasize on, it's just there. You have people from around the world and you interact with them and you feel their cultures. And that's become part of the advertising, marketing and branded content here too. So when you have all these cultures coming together, your content is diverse. Your content has to cater to all of these and grab their attention too. Plus the younger generation that's coming up, the younger millennials, the younger Gen Z, as with the rest of the world, they are seeking content. They are seeking authenticity from brands. And that's something that brands are starting to realize now. I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I dare say that a few years ago, Canada was mostly reliant on the USA for their creativity and content and output. So it was more sort of an adaptation market. It took stuff and it changed it around and it put it up on air. But now it's become one of the creator markets. A few other factors, if I may add, that have led to this change also have been COVID. As much as this pandemic has been really bad for everyone, it has helped brands come into their own and realize the importance of engaging consumers with branded content. And throughout the year, I host the Candid Chats episodes 
And when I talk to brands, when I talk to agencies, I've seen that. I've seen the change even from April to November now when I recently spoke to a brand and how they have changed their perspectives. That's something that's really brought about a massive shift that's been the Canadian market as such. And it's changing. It's changing as we speak. And it's wonderful to sit and watch that change. It's wonderful to be a part of that change as part of BCMA and watch it shift. Have you noticed a lot more campaigns driven about the sensitivity, human to human reaction? I mean, we've become a little bit more anti in your face advertising haven't we we want to see we want to see uh the brands that we love caring about their customers caring about their employees i think more than ever absolutely i think brands are really starting to realize that uh i think brands are starting to understand that authenticity is important you know there were times and i have faced that there were times when brands would come and say listen i want my name to be said five times in a certain episode so that was the measure of success that was the measure of whether a brand is happy with you or not and we've all been there and we've all been there with a brand who's like no why are you not showing my product with the label up front it's there but that's not the case anymore brands are more than happy to take a back seat and let stories do the talking Brands are more than happy to build that connection through brand values versus just shoving a product down people's faces. And I think that's a wonderful evolution uh, when it comes to brand marketing also, realizing what consumers want and what really works for them versus just being in your own world and just throwing your product out there to them. I think the diversity aspect that I was talking about has also really helped because we've seen a lot of inclusive branded content come up. So Unilever recently, for example, uh, released a series called The D-Cut, which was LGBTQ specific. There have been uh, so many brands that have spoken about Black Lives Matter and that has come up. There are brands that are talking about the diversity in Canada and they are bringing those diverse stories I spoke to, uh, for Candid Chats, we spoke to DJ Osho, who is Afro-Indigenous and Two-Spirited. And she was talking about brands trailing her with a camera, trying to understand her story and the story of the Indigenous people. And that's big because brands are making an effort now to go deeper versus just a surface level interaction and story. I think as well, from some of the influencers that I know, that the more personal their stories and the more relevant it is to their audience, the higher the level of engagement. You know, I I think just to concur what you've said about authenticity and the fact that you're on a journey of exploration and change and life isn't all a bowl of cherries. Yes, uh, I think, uh, you know, influencer marketing has also changed just like that. And we were talking about this just a while ago. You know, when Instagram just started, that's what it was about. You have someone for the likes of Kim Kardashian coming and talking about a product and everyone just goes crazy after that. To now, people know that that's an ad and people want that. You know, even uh, social media has started disclaimers saying this is a paid partnership. Why have they started doing that? There is a reason because people are demanding that authenticity. And influencers are moving to micro-influencers. I think really uh, macro-influencers are staying with larger series. So, you know, when it comes to creating a web series or when it comes to creating a show, 
that's where some larger influencers find their space and when it comes to social media when it comes to smaller sort of more personalized content uh, micro influencers are really finding their space and they're really finding that impact that brands want what about the startup companies in canada you know the newer companies here how, what would you sort of advise to them in how best to go around um, influencer marketing i think you know when it comes to startups i think again they should look at micro influencers I think that's really an important aspect. So micro influencers are, are influencers that have between a thousand and a hundred thousand followers. You know, they're not the one million plus, so they're not that massive. And they should also look at real stories, like you said a while ago. They should really look at building connections. There have been a lot of DTC brands that have come out of Canada. So we have Nix, we have ND, and they do a great job of getting these real stories out. you know i'm talking about actual experiences so these are not just fabricated fictionalized content they are also talking about real life stories and they're talking about real life experiences not necessarily about the product but about the human aspect of things i think that really matters because it really connects with people what i like to do my favorite activity when a campaign comes out is to go to the comment section I don't know if it's weird but I love doing that. I love going to the comment section and just scrolling through and seeing what people have said because it really gives you an indication of what people are thinking. I don't think likes and shares give you as much as a comment section tells you. Well also the great thing about the comment section is it could be valued insight and research. Lots of brands now are changing the way that they develop products and are using influencers and their followers as a way to uh, create new products and 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 or indeed beta test them uh, and that's that that I think is super exciting. Yes, you know there has been like for example I was reading a case study about um I think Nice What here the makeup brand they used influencers and what they did was they work with influencers to create special shades of lipstick that fit the personalities of these influencers. So I think that was a great sort of influencer marketing campaign because they went ahead and they mapped these personalities and they uh worked with influencers on their social media to get these personalities out and to get these shades out and then obviously these influencers are going to talk about this right these influencers are going to promote what happened and i think that was a great idea to put forth a that my brand cares about you look i'm creating something personalized and i'm creating something based on you so everyone who's watching it gets that and then it's also a good idea to just generally engage with people because now all the followers of that influencer want that special shade they want to go to the store and say listen i want this shade by so and so influencer can you find it for me so again you have suddenly created a market that wasn't there before you created a new product and you've connected with your consumers you've connected with them in a way that you hadn't done before Have you noticed any um examples of where people have got it wrong? Influencers or brands that have literally got the story wrong or that have misinterpreted the mood. I can't remember anything offhand, which is I think a good thing, which means no one really messed up that bad, but not particularly in Canada. I would say if you remember the Pepsi campaign that was there with Kendall Jenner 
if you remember the ad that was there that went completely wrong, you know, I think that was one thing that really I keep remembering again and again, because the reason it went wrong was not just because of influencers, but because of the storytelling and because they did not think about it. So I think that's a really important lesson for brands that if you're using influencers, have a team that's a diverse, that's sitting behind and telling you what's right and wrong. I have a team that's sitting and telling who has the courage to tell you, listen, I think you're messing up. I think you're doing the wrong thing. I think, you know, you need to take a strong look at yourself. You need teams that are willing to do that. You need teams who are willing to stand up and say, listen, this is insensitive. You know, you are doing, say, for example, cultural appropriation, or you are desensitizing a certain issue, or you're not speaking well about a certain thing, or this is racist. Just going out right and telling them that. I think that's really important. And also, it's important to have a team that chooses your influencers well. Right? Uh, it's a very key to do that. Make sure your research is strong so that you have influencers that fit the values that you want. Uh, you are briefing them right. Are there any particular niches that are particularly relevant to Canada, like adventure or certain sectors that do particularly well? Yeah, when it comes to categories, I think not just Canada, I've noticed it even in India, alcohol is a category that is so open to branded content. I get very excited every time I hear an alcohol brand trying to come up with something because I know that they will be open minded. And they have been traditionally, you know, so recently, again, uh, I spoke to Labatt Breweries, for example, and they've come up with a few branded content series where They came up with a campaign called Rally for Restaurants, where they're promoting people to buy gift cards from restaurants, from their favorite restaurants, and they will donate. I think they'll match the amount and it helps the community because you cannot visit restaurants right now. So they have a website app, a very simple bare bones website where you do that. And to promote that, they've come up with a bunch of branded content series. So they have partnered with publishers and content creators and they've created Say one series that we spoke about, they created called a Chef Artwork Culinary Series, where a certain chef is judging and then there are people who create certain recipes based on the chef and it's a competition. So you're involving people, you're involving a celebrity chef and you're bringing this 10-minute tight series, web series together that people want to watch and it's bite-sized fun content that you can skim through. So you're using influencers in a right way. It's food, it's community, it's coming together for something you want. It's also something that you miss because you're sitting in your house right now and you can't go outside and you can't eat. So you're capitalizing on that whole uh, aspirational feeling of, man, I wish I was outside in a restaurant right now and eating fun recipes, you know. So it's getting the right sentiment. So I think alcohol does it really well. I think a lot of CPG brands are really owning up and doing that well. I know Unilever and PNG both do a great job of branded content. And I think that comes from their global mindset. So that translates out here. Unilever has done a bunch of good series. I spoke about a Dove series right now. PNG continues to do some great series regularly. So I think that's that's something that's really strong. And I think... DTC brands are really owning that space a lot and they are really setting the path because what really helps with them is they are direct 
direct-to-consumer, which means that conversations also have to be direct-to-consumer. And that's where uh, influencer marketing holds a very strong part in their strategy because they have to find a way to connect on a deeper level. They don't have a retailer behind them who will put their product on a high shelf. It's about telling people to come online. So you're driving direct sales. And I think that's really a category that's really grown stronger. But that said, I think other categories are growing now. Recently, just very recently, uh, I think what really has helped is the globalization of Canadian content. So Schitt's Creek winning an Emmy really exploded. Right? So a lot of such content gaining popularity has brought influencers back to the fore. And we had a Hudson's Bay campaign, which is a retail company out here, like a massive retail chain, departmental chain. And they brought the two female leads of Schitt's Creek in their recent holiday campaign. And this is probably two weeks old. And that's new. We haven't seen something like that from a brand that's legacy and that's a departmental chain. And just the globalization of Canadian content has brought that to the fore because these two ladies are so popular. They've won Emmys. And now suddenly just having them on that. And again, I was doing my favorite activity, which is scrolling through the comments. And all the comments were about that. They were about, oh, I didn't know Hudson's Bay was so fresh and so happy. Great job using these ladies. I love these ladies. I am now rethinking about your brand. So suddenly their perception goes from an old expensive fuddy-duddy brand to a fresh brand that's happy and that's connecting with them. And that's humorous. Food and Bev is also growing. Again, I think that's because that industry lends itself very naturally to branded content and influencer marketing. You have celebrity chefs and you have people who are well-known out there in the industry. And it's an easy sort of seamless, I wouldn't say easy, but a very seamless transition with branded content because it's just a part of it. You have travel shows and you have Insta and TikTok where it's all about food. So it's very seamless. So Food and Bev is getting into it. I think that's that's about it right now. Cosmetic, I would put that into the either the DTC or the CPG category right now. Cosmetics have always been one of the at the forefront of influence marketing. Okay, so I'm intrigued to know who um, who you follow, who influences you. Who influences me? Um, I follow a lot of very inspiring sort of female role models. I think we need a lot more of those in this world. So Pozoma St. John, CMO of Netflix, I really follow her. I think she's so powerful. She's so inspiring. She's so out there. I follow a lot of body positive accounts. It's something that I'm passionate about and I want to talk about. So that's something that I really follow because, again, the world has sort of skewed our worldview such that we are focusing only on perfect angles and all of that. So it's important to keep reminding ourselves every day that that's not natural. And I like to fill my feeds with that, with that sort of affirmation that you know, I'm normal and the world is normal. So I like to follow a lot of those accounts. I do follow a lot of diversity accounts that are about both feminism and gender equality, as well as anti-racist ideologies. I think that's a very important matter right now. So I like to inform myself. I admittedly don't know a lot about, say, indigenous rights, for example, or 
what black people are going through and i like to keep myself informed about that so i follow accounts that will give me that information you know that will keep me centered and keep me aware of what's happening in the world around me i like to follow hollywood <laughs> i love that i like to follow you know i i watch a lot of superhero movies it's one of my guilty pleasures follow all the avengers cast members for example and i will you know i'll do that i'll follow a lot of late night talk show hosts because i completely enjoy them like trevor noah is so amazing he's hilarious and i love to watch him so those are some of the you know more light fun influencers that i like to watch and like to follow i might not necessarily buy everything they say but i will still listen to their opinion and i value their opinion and what they say you know when when john oliver or trevor noah talks about a certain thing i know it's authentic i know they're not going to lie about it you know? so that's something i have that trust in them or when someone like jamila jamil who is so famously out there an activist and talking about body positivity also and other things i know she's going to be authentic and she's not going to lie about things so i follow some of these major influencers and then the smaller ones are more like i said around the causes and issues that i that personally relate to me uh, i stopped following travel influencers uh, earlier this year because i just felt horrible about not being able to go anywhere so i just muted all their feeds i'm not looking at anything i'm not looking at fancy beaches because i can't go there right now This podcast is supported by the Branded Content Marketing Association, promoting the value of influencer marketing globally. So that's it for another edition of Influence. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and give me your feedback. As always, which is feedback at influencepodcast.net or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter where you can ask me any question. Thanks again to my producer Neil Whiteside from Freedom 1. And until next time from me Gordon Glenister it's bye for now.